0: the message this morning is, Willing to Serve Where Needed. Subtitle would be, Tichus Titus, I can't even say the word, the name now. I mispronounce it usually, Tychicus, but it's Titus, I still can't say it, so um, I may get it before the end of the sermon. It's T-Y-C-H-I-C-U-S. Uh, so, uh, we're going to read about him. And we find in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, and verse 21, uh, one reference to him. We're going we're to use that to start with. And then we're going to look a couple or three other places. Uh, hopefully... This individual, because when I, when I thought about speaking about him, uh, you know, somebody somebody said that uh, one preacher used to preach on stuff, and then the guy going out the door uh, would say to him, "So what? <laughs> so what? <laughs> so uh, that would not be encouraging, would it?" <laughs> If somebody's going out instead of saying good sermon, Reverend, he says, so what? <laughs> so but I, I asked myself that question uh, when I felt that I was going to speak on this fellow. Uh, but <coughs> the the reason the oh. the motivating thought is that uh, he was willing to help he was willing to be used and uh he's he's not in the limelight you know usually you're looking at paul and what paul did you're looking at maybe luke or you're looking at at peter and what peter did there were there were a lot of people that were what we would call uh not not as much in the focus Of leading the early church and yet uh, without them there would have been a terrible void Uh, you know it's that way in our church too that you know I I get up here and you know it's it's what Ron Reese used to say Ron Ron Reese was our district superintendent for a number of years he he had kind of a uh, would you say a sarcastic way about him sometimes and some of the things that he said <laughs> he said he said you get up there in that pulpit and you're you're a foot and a half above contradiction <laughs> so uh, you know we think about people that uh, are upfront and leaders and so forth um, I tell you right now, the Lord was scraping the bottom of the barrel when he called me to preach. <laughs> but uh, I do the best I can with it. Sometimes I, I struggle greatly. Uh, but I try to get the facts, try to get you the information that is accurate uh, so that you will go away with more information than what you had when you come. So... Uh, this fella uh, that tick uh, tick. A, <laughs> I still can't say it folks uh, say it for me Christy you're a, you're a good pronunciation say the, say the name want Allison to say it if somebody says it I can probably say it say it again yeah that's it can you say it yeah, um, so when you see his name, you'll say that's the name the pastor can't say. <laughs> um, so I listened to it on my on my recorded Bible uh, because uh, Tychicus is not right. There's a just, there's there's a soft sound there. Uh, so. The way Allison said, it's the way you ought to say it. However I say it, that's the way you ought to say it. Um, And we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 21. And we'll find out a little bit about him here. And then we're going to look at a couple other places. So stand with me, if you would, for the reading of the word. We read in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 21 and 22. But that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Tichichus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make known to you all things. Whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that ye might know our affairs, and that he might comfort your hearts. Dear Lord, we come to you this morning humbly asking for your leadership and guidance as we look at this word. We, di- we ask, dear Lord, that at the close of the service uh, we will have an idea of why this fellow was an important guy and why he is a good example to us of how we should look for opportunities to be all that God wants us to be. Lord, uh, sometimes when we're in the presence of people with great ability, and we see how well they do, uh, we are intimidated, and we are embarrassed because of our own lack of natural ability. But Lord, we know that the Holy Spirit is able to take the words of Scripture, make them live in our hearts, and in our minds and I pray dear Lord this morning and maybe even through the stumbling of this preacher that these people will remember this message, remember this individual, and he will inspire their hearts to be all they can be for God. We ask these favors in Jesus name, amen. You may be seated for the message. If I were to ask you to name the prison epistles, I don't think you could do it. Um, there isn't a reason why uh, lay people, uh, now Sunday school teachers pop probably, but uh, just as a matter of fact, uh, would, would you say that the Galatians is a prison epistle? No, it's not. Paul wasn't in prison when he wrote that, but he was in prison when he wrote uh, Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians. And Philemon or Philemon or whatever, however you want to say it. uh, He was in prison when he wrote those letters. And you say, well, what about 2 Timothy? Because he's talking about he's about ready to be offered. And the time of his departure is at hand. Uh, Why isn't that a prison epistle? Well, just because the scholars didn't say it was. (laughs) Uh, and because it's a different imprisonment than what it was when he wrote to those first churches and that individual that I named for you a minute ago. Uh, so maybe this will help you understand a little bit more about some of the things that went on in the life of St. Paul and the people that helped him. Uh, when we when we think about... Uh, uh you you think about a person uh, that was from the area of Ephesus. Uh, he is he is associated with that church, and so the Ephesians the Ephesians would know him. Uh, but Paul had a great burden for the people of Jerusalem. Uh, The Christians there were going through a hard time. They were going through a very difficult season in their life. We don't really know why Uh, they could not get along very well financially. Uh, But Paul saw that they had a real need, and Paul began to encourage the Gentile churches. So we're talking about Jerusalem, we're talking about the Jews. Jesus is a Jew, right? He came through the Jewish nation. And then the gospel spread. And, of course, Paul is considered to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Jason, are you a Jew or a Gentile? You'll know by the time service is over this morning that you are a Gentile, Jason, because you're not a Jew, if you were a Jew, you wouldn't be a Gentile. <laughs> so, Jason, do you know of any Jews in the world? Do you know, do you know any names of people uh, that uh, you would consider? And this, this is out of Jason's league. Uh, but people used to spend a lot of time going to Lazarus down in Columbus. That, 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 was a, that was a Jewish business. How about the furniture store? Uh, Schottenstein. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Schottenstein. Uh, so there's other names that uh, would probably help your memory a little bit. Jewish people. So the Bible says Jesus came to his own. Who did he come to? He came to the Jewish nation, didn't he? He was born a Jew, and his own did not receive him. So he was rejected by the Jewish people. But some of the Jewish people, after Jesus was crucified, came to believe in him. Many did not, but there were some that did. And of course, for the most part, the disciples we think of were Jewish And so, uh, they were spreading the gospel. Uh, So, maybe it's, it's just theory. Maybe because some of these Jews in Jerusalem believed in Jesus, the Jews that were more numerous that didn't believe in Jesus began to put financial hardship on them and would not let them... Do their business and would not let them make a living. We have a little problem with that today too, don't we? If if you don't, if you don't go along with some of the agenda, uh, we just heard on the news last week that a woman that worked for Southwest Airlines, I believe it was, uh, the union uh, put on a campaign uh, that was pro-abortion and uh, they sent people to Washington D.C. for protest with union money. Well, there was a woman that worked for Southwest and she didn't agree with that. She spoke out against it and guess what? She was fired because she spoke out against it. Well, she went to court and we heard just last week that she was awarded $5 million because she was discriminated against. So it doesn't always come out that way. A lot, of people are, a lot of people are discriminated against and they suffer great financial loss. And I could give you other examples, but that's not the purpose of the message this morning. But whatever was going on, the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem were really having a difficult time uh, taking care of their physical needs. And so Paul wanted the churches that were Gentile churches to send an offering. And so, and so he encouraged the churches to take an offering. Those in Asia Minor, those over in Greece, to take an offering. And he encouraged them. A lot of what we know about receiving money to send uh, for various causes comes from Paul raising money to send to the Jewish Christians. So um, I'm going to give you a scripture on that in a minute. But what, what happened was that... Several of the churches contributed. And so, uh, were they all writing checks? Everybody writing a the check. They didn't have checks. <laughs> how, how could they give? Coins. They gave coins. And so, they collected this. Uh, Paul chides some of them because they were a little slow about participating. Uh, and he tells about churches that didn't have very much. But uh, you know what he, he says about them? They gave out of their deep poverty. Reminds you of the widow's mite, doesn't it? They, they didn't have the money. But they gave anyway because it was in their heart. They thought, well, I'll get along some way. I'm going to give to this. And so... The scripture says that this money then was sent to Jerusalem and Paul was in charge of that. So when, when Paul was in charge of this, Paul was always open and above board with everything he did. Uh, don't you appreciate Tom Young taking care of the finances of our church? and we appreciate Phyllis Walper with her accounting ability, helping on that. But the Bible teaches us to be open and above board with everything that's given. So you know when you put some money in, it's going where it belongs, and it's not going in another direction. So the scripture tells us that Uh, There came a time when Paul was going to see that that money went to Jerusalem. So, if you look over at Acts chapter 20, you'll find where this takes place. Acts chapter 20. And we're looking... I think I'm in the wrong spot, let me look at my reference here. Well, well, I was in the right spot. I just was back too many verses. Acts chapter 20, and we're looking here in verses, we're, we're really going to come in on verse 4. Um, it talks about Paul's problems, and then in verse 4 it says, There accompanied him into Asia Sopater of Berea and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus, Secundus, Gaius of Derby, Timotheus of Asia, and here's Tychicus and Trophimus. They're both from Ephesus. These going before tarried for us at Troas. These are people uh, that are. Carrying the money. Uh, Paul has, has encouraged them and they have given. And now look over at Corinthians chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians. And maybe this will bring it together for you a little better. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 16 The very first part, now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Uh, Paul said, I want you to be taking the offering up. The first day of the week, do it, and everybody, as God has prospered, give. And he said, I don't want that to be a last-minute thing. I want you to do it every week. That's a pattern for our giving, to give as God has prospered us. And we encourage tithing. Uh, Jesus endorsed it, and we encourage that. So... Here Paul says uh, that he's he wants them to do that. Uh, and look what he says here. Uh, he says that he doesn't want there to be a, a big rush to get the money when I come, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, them will I th- to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. Does that make a little more sense that I've read that to you? Whoever you choose to take this offering, then they will take it to Jerusalem. And verse 4 he says, And if it be meet, or if it be possible that I go also, they shall go with me. So Paul is going to go with this group And so I've read to you the names of these people and these churches that they are from. These people that are going, and Tychicus is one of them, and Trophimus, they're both from Ephesus. They're they're going. And so there's a delegation of people that are going and the thing you need to realize is with coins would would have weighed quite a bit. So you've got several people to help carry the money and where they can probably carry and it's not going to be quite so obvious. But there's another problem. The Jews in Greece want to kill Paul. He's going to get on board this ship and he's going to go to Jerusalem and then he then the Holy Spirit must have warned him, you better not get on the pilgrim ship, this this ship that was going to go to Jerusalem, because you're going to be trapped. And it would be very easy for somebody on that ship, or two or three, to corner you and kill you on the ship. And so Paul doesn't go on the ship. It, he says uh, that... Uh, when it came time uh, to go, that uh, he went by land and went on around a longer way, even though he would like to get to Jerusalem sooner. He did not do that. Um, And so he purposed to return, this is verse 3, The last part of the verse, he purposed to return through Macedonia. And so the others went by ship, but Paul went by land. And some of those were carrying the money, they all had their responsibilities. And so the first thing I notice about Tychicus is that he was able to work with other believers. He was, he was part of a church group, and they all went together, and he had his responsibility. Uh, he must have been saved in Ephesus under the ministry of Paul or somebody that heard Paul. And so he is following the Lord the best way he knows how. Now remember that it wasn't entirely safe to travel with coins like this in that day. So his life would be somewhat at jeopardy for people that would want to rob him and take the offering away from him and the others that are with him. So uh, the scripture says that uh, Paul had uh, got them together and they, they took the offering. Uh, some of them didn't, did not... Travel the full trip to Jerusalem, but had others take it. Uh, uh, Titus is one of them that did not go the full trip. Uh, Trophimus, who was also of Ephesus, carried the coins full trip. And so, uh, Paul says of him, and I read it, that he is a beloved brother, that is in in Ephesians. He's a beloved brother and a faithful minister of the Lord. Uh, Also, uh, Tychicus was a mail carrier. Uh, Since this that I read to you, Paul was not in prison. But when he got to Jerusalem, there was trouble in Jerusalem. He was arrested and eventually was sent to Rome as a prisoner. So you have his trial in Judea. You have him being sent to Caesarea. And then he appeals to Caesar. Remember, the Jews wanted to kill him. He appeals to Caesar. And so when the offering is taken, he is not a prisoner. But if you read the stories you'll find that he is warned over and over again that he's he's going to become a prisoner. Uh, His hands are even tied by one prophet, said this is what's going to happen to you when you get in Jerusalem. Uh, And that fellow I named that was carrying some of the offering, Trophimus from Ephesus, this brother of Tychicus, he also was from the same area, but he was not there. But they said, Oh, we saw Trophimus. Paul probably took him in the temple and they lied and said Paul violated the temple by taking a Gentile in. But Paul did not do that. But in the frenzy of the crowd and lies that were perpetrated, uh, the, the group believed. And so Paul was nearly killed. But he eventually, like I say, he was arrested, taken to Caesarea, the Roman capital there of Judea, and then appealed to Caesar and went to Rome. So now in Rome as a prisoner, uh, he is writing letters, and those are the letters that I told you. Uh, Ephesians, uh, Philippians, and uh, Colossians, and Philemon, all letters that he wrote from prison. How were these letters going to get where he wanted them to go? Well, that's what I read here in Ephesians. It's going to be Tychicus that's going to send them, is going to carry them rather. Paul's going to send them, and Tychicus is going to carry them. He's going to take them and deliver them to uh, three different locations at least and so uh, paul gives a commendation to him when he says uh, you know my that you also may know my affairs Uh, wasn't this wonderful this man was willing to go carry the offering and do whatever he could then and then when his leader was arrested he was willing to risk his self by being associated with Paul. And you know that to go to the Roman prison to get a letter and to take it, he would be observed too as a Christian. He was putting his life on the line. He was putting his life in jeopardy. But he was still faithful to do it, even though there could be consequences from it. We never know in this day ...what the consequences may be for our Christian testimony. Uh, we don't like trouble, do we? We want to avoid it. We want our lives to go along in a, in a smooth, or orderly way. But it may not always be possible. If we want to stand up for the Lord, uh, we may have to go through some things... ...that are uncomfortable for us and uncomfortable for our loved ones. And so, Paul says... That I'm sending him. There's also uh, a scripture in Colossians because he carried that letter too. These some of these were circular letters read by more than one group. Look at look at Colossians chapter four and seven to nine, and it says this uh, that he is he is sending these people. Uh, all my state, all my state, shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother, and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that he, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, and that's that runaway slave that belonged to Philemon or Philemon. Uh, He is going back to his master. Uh, He says, Onesimus uh, is now a faithful and beloved brother. So Onesimus, the runaway slave, was converted. And he's being sent back to his master, back to uh, Philemon. Who is one of you. They shall make known unto you all things which are done here. And so... Paul was depending on Ticetus to do this mail delivery, to see that this letter got where it belonged, to see that it was read, that people understood. It wasn't just the idea of starting a church and having believers for a while. Paul wanted them to remain faithful. He wanted them to stay true to the Lord, to make heaven their home. And so he sent these letters to encourage them and to build them up in the faith. How impoverished the church would be today if it wasn't for Paul's letters that were sent to these early churches and to the messengers that carried these letters. So they had the responsibility of delivering the letter. They also had a responsibility... Of telling them how Paul was getting along, uh, could be a great time of discouragement, couldn't it? Uh, that your leader is locked up in in a Roman jail in a Roman. Uh, actually, he had his own house at first, uh, but he couldn't he couldn't leave. He was under house arrest, and I assure you that uh, their system was a little more secure than what some of ours have been. When uh, they're under house house arrest, so uh, they were to tell what went on with Paul. Uh, the messenger Titus was to tell, and then uh, he had another job. Did you see that? He was supposed to encourage them, wasn't he? Uh, when they when they heard the word and oh, this is bad. Oh. Uh, you know, we didn't know this all was going to go on as far as following Jesus. Well, he had to he had to encourage them and tell them that God's still on the throne. Jesus is still in charge. Things are still going to be okay. <coughs> so he had a big responsibility, a big job Folks, we need to encourage one another, too. You know it? We do. Uh, Some of the things we go through are very discouraging. Some of the things we see around about us are very discouraging. But you know, we need to keep a positive attitude. No, I don't like a lot of things that are going on in our country. Uh, I see a lot of things where socialism has taken control. Uh, A lot of things where people are... Greedily filling their own pockets at the expense of of the freedom of America, uh, things that are being done uh, uh, being uh, across the fence with people who mean to do us harm, and a lot of a lot of difficulties uh, that are being created because of uh, things that are being allowed. Uh, and I dare not start on some of the, my pet peeves, but you know what I'm talking about. You hear about it, and sometimes you probably have to turn it off uh, because you get sick of it, and and you're so disgusted with it, and you think, where where are their minds? What do they think they're doing? Well, we need to encourage one another that however bad it is, it's still in God's hands, and we're in God's hands. And it's not just about what we are now and how our lives are now. It's about being true to the Lord. It's about being faithful. It's about making heaven our home. It's about helping other people that don't know Jesus to come to know Him as Savior. Folks, we have, we have so much to rejoice about because we serve an omnipotent God and because he is able to keep us, and he's able to present us before the throne of his glory, and he is going to do that, and we can be happy and praise the Lord, and whatever the devil's doing, the devil is, is on a short leash, folks, and his time is short, and he knows it. Jesus is coming back, and this world is going to be under his control. Well, I'll start cough drop number two. <coughs> the sermon's not going to be that much longer, so don't lose heart, okay? It just took me a while to get through Titchitches. <laughs> that, that elongated the sermon about five minutes right there. <coughs> and it's not COVID, I assure you. <laughs> You know I do it too much for you to think it's COVID. So his job was to encourage. Now, something that's kind of hard to get through my head, because you read the book of Acts and you think, well, that was it. But that wasn't it. Paul got released from prison from Rome, and if if you don't know that, sometimes it's kind of tough when you read Timothy uh, and you say, you know, what went on? Well, if you if you read uh, in Paul's letters, uh, the Scripture tells us that uh, he he wrote to Titus, and told Titus uh, that he was going to send uh, help there, and that uh, he, wanted, he wanted Titus uh, to meet him in Necropolis. And I'm going to see here if I can find that reference. Look over in Titus, chapter 3, verse 12. When I shall send Artemis unto thee, or Tychicus, be diligent to come unto me to Necropolis. Now, you look on your Bible maps. I looked on my Bible maps. You can't find Necropolis. It was, it was further up in Greece. Uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was territory, it was new territory as best I can understand because, Tom, because Paul didn't want to go where others had been and, and just build on their foundation. He wanted to start new work, didn't he? And so he says, I want you to come to Necropolis for I have determined there to winter. So, either Artemis or Tychicus was going to go and relieve Titus, who was at Crete. Paul had left Titus at Crete, and he was the head of the church there. And the scripture says, that Paul wanted him to come and meet him. So Paul was released from prison about 63 A.D. But then the bad news is we went up into northwest and evangelized. He probably went back into Asia Minor. He was rearrested. And this was when uh, Nero burned Rome and used Christians as human torches and tied them to stakes and poured pitch on them, tar, and lit them on fire. And while they were burning in his garden, uh, he was riding naked in his chariot through there, rejoicing as their screams of terror were heard. Uh, Nero was a crazy man. Uh, and he, it is said that he's the one that set Rome on fire because he wanted to build all new. Hmm. It kind of sounds like build back better, don't it? Uh, kind of similarity there. Uh, so, uh, he was happy to see Rome build because he was a great builder and he wanted to build all new stuff. And so he arrested Paul again after Paul had been released. And Paul is brought back, and in 2 Timothy, you read where Paul knows that he is close to being martyred. He's not going to be delivered this time. And so he wants wants those who are about him, after he has gone up here and has evangelized in other areas, he wants those to know that... He has full faith that God is having his hand on him even to the end. So uh, the scripture tells us that he sent uh, Titus to take Titus place when he had been released. Uh, later it appears that when he was rearrested, uh, he, he could have sent Titus to Ephesus to take over the church there for Timothy. So this fella, he not only is willing to go to Crete, if Paul wants him to go to Ephesus, why would he want Titus to go to Ephesus? Because he wanted Timothy, Paul wanted Timothy to come to him quickly. You read that in in 2 Timothy. Uh, He wanted Timothy to come quickly because he realized that it was going to be very soon he was going to be executed. And so he wanted to see Timothy again. So here we have Titus Titus again. Going to take the place of somebody. Uh, Just... Because Paul said, I want this done. And he did it. Uh, What a a faithful follower of Jesus. What a helpful individual he was. Um, Tradition says that uh, he eventually became the bishop of Chalcedon. Uh, He was an example of those who are faithful, those who are following the Lord despite the hardships, despite the risk that are involved. And so I hope you know a little bit more about this fellow, about, about the early believers and some of the things that they went through in order to be faithful to the Lord. And I hope where we find opportunity, um, even if it's not comfortable to us all the time, we try to do what we can to help out, Um, not because we're the best, but because there's nobody in the line behind us. (laughs) We're it, and uh, so we do the best we can. So I trust that's an inspiration to your heart this morning. Will you stand with me?